The following podcast may contain spoilers, profanity, and views or opinions that may not be representative of the author's intent of the articles discussed. We don't always take ourselves or the subject matter seriously either. Listener discretion is advised. The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S.com. The Force is strong with us, and we hope it is strong with you. Welcome to another edition of the New Jedi Archives with Zach Hagenbusher and Ben Schultz. Why, hello, Zach. And hello, young Benjamin. I changed it up slightly. I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> a long time. Uh, we are back at New Game of Palooza 2018. It's our last episode from the convention. Aww. Aww. Things are getting a little quieter. Uh, Chimera Games, our good friend Bob, he left. <laughs> so now there's just a blank hole. A big vacant space. Over to our right side. There's been, imagine, you know, a game store bringing a lot of merchandise to sell. That's been to our right the whole time. Tantalizing and tempting us, and now it's gone. And now I want to be tempted some more. <laughs> ben, don't worry. You'll be tempted plenty. Yeah, I'm going to just drive there on my way home. <laughs> That's a good idea. Good plan. Chimera Games. Check them out. Where are they located, Ben? Uh, Appleton and Fond du Lac. Appleton and Fond du Lac. At least, Wisconsin. And that's the sound of an alcoholic beverage. I'm joking. No, it's uh, Mountain Dew. The official sponsor. (laughs) Of the new Jedi Archives. The unofficial sponsor. Well, welcome to everyone who's uh, listening, wherever you're listening. Be it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, our original home, Spreaker.com, and the Spreaker app, or GNCasts.com. It's good to have you. On this episode, we're going to be discussing the questions that were left to us by attendees of New Game of Palooza 2018. And we're going to reveal to you the winner of that contest. We did a drawing, and unfortunately... It's probably not you if you're listening. <laughs> it's only one. Well, no, hopefully, the person who's listening won, or yes. the, the person who won is listening. I hopefully, mean. hopefully. Uh, let's dig into these questions, Ben. First off, and this is a really cool one from Jacob. All right, what does Jacob want to know? He says, "Would the Mandos, the Mandalorians, have become the dominant culture in the galaxy had they been successful in their ancient battles?" And would the galaxy have been better off that way? Would the Empire have ever come to uh, fruition? So uh, are you talking about the species or the culture? I think we're Mandalorian. talking about the culture. Because, well, we did a little research on this, and the Mandalorian culture is really all that's left in the Star Wars canon as we know it now. Right. But in the Legends canon, which we have said before, we'll take the Legends explanation if there's no explanation in the real canon. Uh, in, in some instances. So right. in this instance, the the um, I believe they were called the, the Tonga. Okay. Uh, hang on. Where, where, what was it? Man, this is awful of me. I just had it up. As long as we're, you know, professional and prepared, that's all that we're matters. Not, we're not professional or prepared. And no one has ever accused us of such. The Tong. There we go. Tong? The Tong. T-A-U-N-G. Tong. Okay. Uh, the Tong species, they were humanoid, but to be honest, they kind of look like the Predator. 
they have like that you know makes perfect sense looks, makes perfect sense and uh their warrior culture was passed on um to uh humanoids and such uh who they named the planet that they that this species originally lived on coruscant but was driven off the world by uh the people that would come to settle coruscant and so uh on their new home world, they had their leader, uh, Mandalore, and then eventually the planet was named after that leader, Mandalore. Oh, okay. So, that's Mandalorians, comes from the name of that person. All right, well, that makes sense. Uh, so, now, in, in current Star Wars canon as we know it, they did have a Mandalorian crusade, but they were beaten back by the Jedi. Well, and, and we may learn more when we see... The Mandalorian. Right, the show The Mandalorian. Though I would think that that show would be taking place in what we would know as quote-unquote modern times of Star Wars. But who knows? It could be sooner or it could be uh, rather earlier, farther right, back we than don't, that. We, we can't know yet. We can't. That, Disney won't tell us yet. We've asked. And they refuse. Please. We'll be your test audience. I'll stop saying... No, I won't. <laughs> big, big Dave approved. Come on. Dave, reach out to us, bud. Um, All right, anyway. I, I do think that the Mandalorian culture is a little more accepting, so to speak. You know, it seems like they're... If you follow the Mandalorian culture, you become a Mandalorian. Right. Um, Unless though, you're Boba Though we Fett. don't really see many other non-human members of that culture, do we? Well, but the fact that there are humans who are Mandalorians anyway implies that it's open to any race, right? Oh, sure. Why right with its history, right? Right. Um I guess a lot of this depends on how the current Mandalorians came to be, but given what we know of the Mandalorian culture, I think the galaxy could have been in a better place, but it's hard to say because if the Mandalorians are the dominant culture, the Jedi still exist, right? Well, here's here's my take on it. Uh, the galaxy would not be in a better place. Interesting. Okay. Um, and I'm basing that on two factors. Uh, first and foremost, you think it would be. No, I said it could be. Okay. <laughs> um, no. Uh, the reason that I'm saying that is they've accepted what were effectively humans into the mix. And anytime you put humans into the mix, you risk messing it up. Uh, we can see in Clone Wars and later on in Rebels, uh, both the animated series, we can see what happens to Mandalorians in the Mandalorian culture when presented with different levels of authority, different levels of power, and ultimately it depends on the person wielding that power regardless of what culture they come from. And let's face it, people, people can be shitty. And so, regardless of the intent of the Mandalorian policies, cultures, um, I still think you would have absolute power corrupts absolutely. You know what I mean? Maul was able to uh, manipulate Death Watch pretty easily. Right, and Death Watch was Mandalorian in the old ways. <laughs> so if the Jedi and the Sith still exist in this scenario, then I think that... Uh, I'm not going to say it would be easier... But I think it's still certainly possible that well, they still fall. Plus, you've got uh, Clan Saxon siding with the Empire. It, you know what I mean? So, obviously, there's power-hungry groups within the Mandalorians. And as long as you have people who are craving power, and you know, that's what's going to happen. 
That's an interesting uh, possible, I guess, alternate future. Does that make any sense? Maybe they'll explore that. I know it's not comic books. So they probably won't. But <laughs> Or Star Trek with a mirror universe, right? Oh, that would be awesome. Star Wars mirror universe? Right. Where Darth Luke Vader has a goatee, but then he say, shaves it off when he gets to Ireland. I was going to say Darth Vader has a beard. <laughs> uh, moving on. Joe, our new friend Joe, he asks, could Ren in Kylo Ren be a surname? Not like part of a title, but a surname. And could it potentially be related to another character in the saga? Now, Ben, you went off the deep end with this one when we were talking about this earlier. I don't think it's off the deep end. It's completely off the deep end, but well, go no, ahead. Here's, here's what I'm saying. In Solo... The movie was Solo, right? right? Solo, a Star Wars story. Solo, a Star Wars story. We learn that Han Solo's family is alive, um, and Solo is not his surname. Not his birth surname. Well, no, it's not his surname. Well, I mean, I guess it's legal on the Empire's records. Right. We we discussed it when we did the solo discussion. He could have easily been Han Party of One as far as the Empire was concerned. But it's what he becomes. That's his, right. his taken surname. But here's the thing is Kylo Ren is learning about his past. What if Ren was Han's original surname? And in Legends canon, uh, Han was descended from Corellian aristocracy. So... Maybe Ben Solo took the name Kylo Ren because he doesn't have a Darth title, unlike other uh, dark side. Well, that's because he's not a Sith. Well, right, because that should all burn. Sith, Jedi. Sure. Um, But maybe he took that name in honor of an ancestor, and that would also make sense why he would form the Knights of Ren, because Knights are traditionally orders with aristocracy so I'm just wondering if Ren was Han's original surname and if that's what we're going to learn in later stories I have context clues that lead me to believe that that is incorrect the first one being Kylo Ren's lightsaber design is ancient in in its um in its origins right um, because because he uh he has ties strong ties to his past Makes sense that a, a Jedi in his ancestry wielded a lightsaber like that. But he doesn't have strong ties to his past. He doesn't want his past to be a thing, remember? No, no, that's not that's not true at all. He that wants is. to be his grandfather. He wants oh, to be Darth Vader. In, so. in Force Awakens, sure. Okay. So so he okay. he has strong ties to his heritage. Okay. Maybe not his not his past, but his heritage. His heritage. Okay, that's possible. Um Well then I guess the other thing, the other two things, major things. One, if that was somehow related to Han Solo, you don't. He was in the Force Awakens. You don't think he would have made a mention of it to anyone? But he didn't, and we just have to accept that. No, he didn't. Yeah, but Ben, you're basing a theory <laughs> off of nothing. You're basing a theory off of thin I'm air. I'm doing exactly what you do all the time. No, and tell you're me not. I have to deal. You're I'm not. drawing the lines between what we see on screen. Except that your conclusion isn't proven. Your conclusion is something. What? What? Oh my God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> no, when I do I, that, when I do that, I do that between an event on screen and another event that well, actually but, occurs but on here's, screen. Here's the thing: you're implying that Han knows that. You don't think Han knows his last name? Well, his last name he probably would, but... Right. That's what I mean. So why wouldn't Han Solo or Han Ren in this in this scenario have said, well, 
He took that name because it's my name. Well, but maybe maybe that conversation happened off screen, and we don't know. Maybe I Han guess. maybe Han was embarrassed by his last name, and that's why he refused to give it to the guard. Yeah, I maybe uh, maybe uh, his family ran Corelli and willingly turned it over to the Empire, turning it into a shithole, and that makes Han wants to disassociate himself with that. His family didn't run Corelli. His dad was a line worker. In maybe the- that was a lie. We just don't know. Okay, I guess we have to wait till we see Solo. Okay. Another Star Wars. Story. Your theory is so it's so loose, but it it disappoints me because there right now, technically there's nothing I can do to straight up disprove it, <laughs> but it's not correct. <coughs> I, I'm just saying it. I actually think it. I think it would be rather cool if that if Ren turned out to be Han's actual last name. We shall see. I there is one more movie. Points to those movies for that. There's one more movie. Scott asks, what's the race of Max Rebo? He's the piano player and the, I think, well, not the vocalist, but he's the leader of the Max Rebo band in Jabba's Palace. Um, Zachary, I have no idea. What does Wikipedia have to say? That's a good question. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about it. So he was an Ortolan from the planet Ordo. It appears that the Ortolans all share very common features to Max. They are kind of elephant looking um, squat blue skinned bipeds with large floppy ears beady black eyes and a trunk like nose Ordo was a cold planet now um, just for the record when I went to school here at UW Oshkosh I am fairly certain there were many weekends that I saw Ortolins walking around <laughs> um, it may have been that I was inebriated <laughs> But I'm fairly certain I've seen an Ortolan or two in my lifetime. I see. Well, they do store fat to keep warm. I may, in fact, be an Ortolan myself. (laughs) They don't have arms. They manipulate objects using their feet. So when you see him playing the piano, he's actually playing it with his feet. So they, they have that in relationship with the Doug, then, I guess. Right. Their ears are very sensitive to sound. Uh, most people's ears are. That's how ears work. Well, but more particularly sensitive than others, right? I bet you his nose was sensitive to scents as well. <laughs> and uh, the toes were able to absorb food and drink, so he did not need to... Uh, I, I don't even know if they have a mouth. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? It is. Being a musician. How well, can you, you don't need a mouth to you don't, play an but instrument. It, communication would be difficult, I think. You got to communicate with your band. I guess compose, conducting, right? I don't know. Either way. Whatever. Use your hands to conduct. Or your feet in this case. Use your hands to conduct. Uh, Thank you, Scott. Shane asks, and uh, do you want to just, we'll just say it now. Shane is the winner of the contest. Congratulations to Shane. He, he took home that beautiful painting. He was really excited when he won. Shane, you better be listening. Shane, you better be listening, dude. Shane, I'm looking at him right now. You better be listening. Okay? We just gave him a, 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 a painting. So, anyhow. But it's a Boba Fett, so it's of limited value. That's true. How does Obi-Wan Kenobi maintain his cover on Tatooine? And do you think that he is ever tempted to break this cover? Now... From what we know of Obi-Wan on Tatooine, which is not a lot, we know that he was very dedicated to keeping Luke safe. Um, That was his number one priority above all things. And in fact, 
it was very difficult to draw him out of hiding. Maul had to use Ezra to bait him, um, and that was how he was able to to finally get his last duel against Obi Wan and be cut down in three strokes. Well, I think the Obi Wan's plan for hiding is uh, three phase. Okay. Uh, first of all, he cleverly changes his name to Old Ben. <laughs> Old Ben. Uh, yes. Which no one would think Old Ben Kenobi and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, some people have called you Old Ben. Yes. Uh, second of all, uh, he chose to hide in the asshole of the universe where <laughs> no one ever goes. There's like, what, 30 people on all of Tatooine? Like they regularly regularly live there. Well, even even the people who just visit there, they're only there because job is actually. There's the whole Buntu uh, Buntu Eve. There's a lot of people, but yeah, who the hell would want to go to Tatooine when you have Jakku, a perfectly good desert planet, <laughs> not on the asshole of the universe? Right, except that seems to be even more of an asshole of the universe. At least when we see it. You know why that is? Because of a big war that happened? No, because we don't live in deserts, because people don't belong there. No, people usually shouldn't live there. Um, But Obi-Wan chooses to uh, bring Luke there, raise him with his family, live there, uh, and and hide out. Now, I do think, and there is a, a Legends canon book, Kenobi, written by John Jackson Miller, where Obi-Wan, while he is main, trying to maintain cover, does feel, you know, the... The, the call to be a hero of sorts, and he has to help out people who live on Tatooine. And I do think that in the current canon that he also would run into a situation like that, because at the end of the day, I think Obi-Wan is a good person, and he is someone who's, who's used to being able to help people. Um, but... I disagree with the, at least the first part of your statement. Okay, but I think that the mission is something that he dedicates his life to, you know, keeping the who he now believes is the chosen one, keeping him alive. And uh, I cannot imagine that he would abandon that mission completely and allow his identity to be discovered. He, I, he does whip out the lightsaber and cut, cut off that dude's hand in the cantina, but that's only after he's with Luke on his way off the planet. Right, plus, you know Obi-Wan does that every time he goes into a bar. Every time. It's just So he's just avoided bars. Right, I'd like a glass of blue milk and to cut someone's arm off, please. <laughs> I'm going to get a drink. God damn it. Somebody call an ambulance. <laughs> it's Obi-Wan, again. Uh, what do you think, Ben? Is that is that how you f- see it as well? or? Yeah, I uh, I think... I definitely think that he just hid. He didn't do any of his Jedi stuff. He sat and worked on his Kray Dragon impression underneath the dirty brown robe. And um, it probably also doesn't hurt that he was the old man who kept creeping on the young kid that the Lars had adopted. Yeah, yeah. Who's that guy? Uh, stay away from him, kids. He's a uh, sex offender. No. There's a reason. Not. There's a reason they chose the old man to play Obi Wan when they did the Family Guy. Oh Blue come Harvest. on, man! No, never, never. This is a family show, Ben. Hey, I'm just saying, Obi Wan would have been creepy. <coughs> he would have been creepy, absolutely. Moving on. Hunter asks, why did they add Supreme Leader Snoke if he was just going to be killed? What role did he serve, and could that role have been served by another character or somebody else? Um, yes, it could have been served by someone else. Possibly 
Palpatine because they did with Snoke exactly what they did with Palpatine right, in the original trilogy. And that's why I'm making that that analogy. Um, yes, I would have also liked to more, know more about Snoke, but the reality is when Palpatine first appeared on screen, all we knew about him is that Vader bowed. And that he was in charge. Yep. And it would be 16 years before we learned officially his backstory. Right. Not even completely. It took, it took three movies to give us a backstory. Right. And even then, you still didn't know everything about his childhood and all of that. So the fact that we didn't know anything about Snoke, they gave us exactly as much information as we needed to know to serve the story, which his role in the story is to give Kylo Ren, not only train him and give him his power, but to give him a reason to, to eventually take well, his actually, control. Even you're adding to the story there, because we... He didn't give Kylo his power, and we don't know how much training he actually provided. It would appear he provided at least some. He does say to uh, Hux, it's time to complete his training at right. the end of Force Awakens. I, I'm just saying, we don't know how much training he actually did under Snoke. We just know he's the big bad, and that Kylo takes orders from him, which is exactly what we knew about Palpatine. So it's okay. The other piece of the puzzle, you know, his role in the story, I mean, he's meant to be the Palpatine-esque figure, but things wind up going south for him in a way that I don't know if Palpatine ever would have allowed or Palpatine could have predicted. I mean, Palpatine, what I'm saying is Palpatine would have predicted that. He was a better... Oh, yeah, Snoke is no Palpatine. Yes, he played the mind game better than Snoke did, for sure. Um, and I think that Snoke... Snoke's overconfidence was his weakness, right? Like Luke accuses Palpatine of being. Right. Snoke's hubris was his weakness. Yes. And that caused his death, and, and the now he's that, gone. And the fact that they weren't Sith. What do you mean? Well, Palpatine always knew that Vader was going to kill him one day. Or try. Or try. Snoke had didn't think that way because he wasn't a Sith. He didn't know that that was... You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true, but he he did seem to know a lot about them. Right, he did, but I mean, he assumed that he would be able to badger and keep Kylo on a leash. And he was incredibly powerful. I mean, we saw him, he whipped whipped Rey around the room like she was a ragdoll, like she was nothing. Well, yeah, so what? A lot of Force users throw people around the room. Well, but he also linked their minds together. Uh, And actually, I actually believe it was Scott that pointed this out, Scott of the previous question fame. Um... We know that he bridged that between them, but the strength of that bridge could very well have been the innate force power of the two people he was linking. That is true. So that isn't necessarily a measure of his a power. A measure of okay. Snoke's power. But he was able to link them, which we hadn't seen anybody else do before. Well, well we've seen people mind link before, so it's not it's not out of the question to have someone force a mind link between two force sensitive people. Okay. Um so I guess to answer the question, I think his role could have been served by somebody else, but I also think that Snoke was fine. His purpose was served, and we knew as much about him as we needed to know, and that's it. He's done. Well, and I'd yeah. rather focus on that villain that actually matters anyway. And by that we mean Ray. And by that we mean Kylo Ren. But Ray, okay. <laughs> Ray is the villain. Yes. W- I'm sorry, what? How? 
Because Ray wants to keep the Jedi Order going and the Jedi are Oh my back. god, okay. That's a conversation for another time. <laughs> or maybe it isn't, because our next question comes from our good friend Al Seeger, the owner of Point of Insanity Game Studios. All right, what does Al want to know? Al wants to know, do you consider Ray to be a Mary Sue? Ooh. I'm going to say no, and then I'm going to ask you to tell me what a Mary Sue is to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Okay, great. So a Mary Sue, for everybody who's not familiar with the term, if you're listening to this, you probably are. But we're just going to go over it anyway real quick. An idealized and seemingly perfect fictional character. Um, often this character is recognized as an author insert or a wish fulfillment. They can usually perform better at tasks that should be possible uh, or than should be possible given the amount of training or experience they have and are usually able to, uh, through some means, to upstage the main protagonist of the story such as by saving the hero. By this definition, I, d- I don't believe that Ray is a Mary Sue. All right. I'm going to... My answer is going to be a bit more nuanced. Okay. I'm, I mean, and we can... Exp- and obviously, I'll explain my answer, but I'll let oh, you go, go first. Go ahead. You can explain. Okay. <clears throat> Everything that we see her doing in the movie that she's good at are things that she could have learned being a scavenger on Jakku. I mean, she she's had practice flying. I think that she intimates she's had practice flying the Millennium Falcon before. Um... Because it was owned by Ankar Plutt, who had a hand in her upbringing in some way. I mean, he is the one who has, you know, has her hand as a child in her vision. Right, he's the one who gave her parents the money for booze. Right. He and bought her. He bought her, and uh, clearly she gained some sort of independence at some point, but she said, I've, I've only practiced. Well, what would she practice in, and how would she know the ship was garbage? Probably because she flew it before. Okay, I'll I'll let that stand. Uh, she is a skilled melee combatant. We see it with her staff when she fights off Ankar Plutt's thugs in the marketplace. Um, so it is not completely out of the realm of possibility that she, once she gets her bearings with the lightsaber, that she could defend herself at least well enough with it. Right? It's, it's a flashlight. You just have to make sure you don't hit yourself with the beam. Sure, which she does not. Now, granted, and, and Kylo Ren was also injured. He was also um, disturbed and shaken by the having to kill his father. So, the, Snoke, watching his father kill himself. Whatever. Snoke says as much. Um, the mind trick again. That's a well-known Jedi thing. We Jedi trick people's minds all the time, and it's a thing that the galaxy knows can happen. Watto says it in the junkyard. Uh, what mind do you think? You're some, work, yes, you're some kind of Jedi waving your hand, or waving around your hand like that. If she knows she has the Force, which she does, then in that moment she just needs to get out of there. And like you said, she has no understanding or limits of, in her own mind of what she can do and accomplish with that power. She thinks she can trick the Stormtrooper. It takes her a couple tries, but she does it. That's not out of the realm of what we've seen with the Force before. So at the end of the day, no. I don't think that Rey is a Mary Sue. And to say that she's seemingly perfect, she came from an, a, a very, very a terrible upbringing. A terrible upbringing with no parents and being forced to survive and fend for herself on a desolate planet. Um, 
counting down the days to when somebody would come and 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 find her again, right? Like who wants who wants that? That's perfect. Is that your definition of perfect? It's not mine. No, uh, Leia's upbringing is my definition. Yes, Le- of perfect. Leia's upbringing is perfect. Padme, exactly. So, um, I'm going to say that my answer is going to be she is no more a Mary Sue than any of the other characters in Star Wars. And that is a good point too. And and I would actually say, in fact, less of a Mary Sue than some of the characters. And I'm going to specifically reference Padme. Okay. Who went to... She grew up in politics camp in canon. That's true. At eight, she was governor. At 14, she was queen. And she can, if not fly, fire a blaster, ride a arena beast, jump around and, and wage war with clone troopers. Lockpick her handcuffs. Right. And we don't see her learn how to do any of that. And there's nothing in her history that would lead us to believe she went through military or marksman training. So until we can explain why, uh, you know, so so Ray is by far the not the most Mary Sue-like character that we focus on. Um and so if you want to address, you know, if people want to address those things, that's fine. But. Yeah, I, and I don't know. I think that people are just hung up on the fact that they feel like it wasn't earned, that her power wasn't earned and all these other things. And I'm like, I, I Luke Skywalker on screen anyway, had no formal training with a lightsaber. None whatsoever. He swung around a lightsaber and blocked a couple beams from a um, from a probe droid. And he swung a lightsaber at a wampa arm to prevent it from killing him. And that is the extent of his lightsaber training that we see on screen right. before he fights Darth Vader on Cloud City. And Vader says, you've learned much, young one. Well, when? When did he learn it? I'm st- upset. Well, and the, the, that's me being a terrible one of the terrible new fans. And, and the thing is, legitimately, a, a lightsaber has no weight to it. It has no weight, right? Um, so it's really a matter of making sure you don't hit yourself with it. You could learn how to use one very effectively with a stick of roughly the same length. Well, I don't know if it has no weight. I feel like the magnetic field it probably has a resonance. It probably has some weight. Well, the handle has weight, but magnetic field, unless unless electromagnetic energy works different in Star Wars than it does in our galaxy. Clearly it does. They're well, able to contain it around a Actually, we can do that. Beam. We can do that? We can contain okay. a beam of plasma they're able to, They're able to contain the beam, of, the beam of plasma and prevent it from superheating or hurting yes, people standing right next to it. Yes, we can. It takes machinery bigger than the size of this room, but we've done it. Sure. It's Star Wars nerds who are trying to make a lightsaber that are doing it. Well, they were able to miniaturize it into something that can fit in your hand. Right, which is fine. That's advances in technology. I'm just saying it's it's in canon, I believe, a magnetic field that holds the, pla- the superheated plasma. I think so. I, I don't know. But that doesn't have weight to it. The plasma's weight would be inconsequential compared to even a stick. So um, it's not implausible that you're... If you've played a Wii game that allows you to sword fight, you've effectively learned how to fight with a lightsaber. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Um, except you have to have a mental image of where the blade is going to impact. And right, and you have the force to help you. So that's the other thing that makes it easier, because you can literally be blinded and still fly a spaceship. 
Right. Canaan does it all the time. Right. That's what I'm referring to. Canaan, you get daredevil senses when you have the force. You have to attune them. You have to learn how to use it. He he went through a period of time where he didn't know how to okay. do any of those things. So you got to walk into a wall a couple of times before you learn what <laughs> walls look like in the forest. But okay, I'm I'm guessing that's something you learn quick. You know, right? Anyway, the the point is, if you want to say that Ray is a Mary Sue, then you have to say that Luke is a Mary Sue. Han, we actually now know that Han is not as good a pilot as we all thought he was. If you want to only take what's demonstrated on screen. No, that's not true. He's a really, he's a really, really good pilot. If it wasn't for the navigation computer in his ship, he wouldn't have been able to do the one thing he brags about forever. Well, no, the, the ship finds the path. He still has to make it happen. I, I'm just saying, we don't see anything on screen that would let us know that Han is that excellent of a pilot, but he still does it. Right. Right? Right. So... Where was Han's flight training? The Imperial Academy. But it, but allegedly he was a good pilot before that. Right, but we didn't see it. And the Imperial Academy, the only even deleted scene we see is him getting court-martialed because he doesn't fly well. Right. So the point of all of this is, for everybody who says that they need to see it on screen for it to be counting, including Ben, you're wrong. Um... Yeah. That's not what I said. But that, that's okay. my point. That's what I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Zach's point is I'm wrong. That's usually Zach's point. That is usually my point. Uh, no, but it, I think we are in agreement here, Ben. The The character of Ray, I feel like, has been established well enough. In fact, given more establishment than even some of our most famous characters in Star Wars. Padme Amidala. Padme Amidala. So thank you, Al, Mon for the Mothma. question. Have you seen my Mothma lead a, a military before? That's right. Where was her military training? Actually, it wasn't there. That was kind of the argument, right? I that was why Saw Gerrera didn't like her. I'm, who who taught Admiral Akbar to identify traps? That's what I'm... <laughs> uh, I, that does it for the questions that we collected. Uh, I thought we had one more. No, that's it. Huh. Did we not? Did, did you miss one? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. You're right. Okay. Alice was the one you just added. Yes. Before. Okay. So that that's all that we were able. That's what we collected from this convention. But we will collect many more. I think our next convention, Ben. What do we? We've. It's not official, official yet. So maybe we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. Let's wait till we know what we're doing. Okay. Let's wait till we know what we're doing. But we do have another one planned. And let's just give you a hint. It is in mid to late February. If we wind up showing up, and we'll tell you where that'll be next time, hopefully. Um, in the meantime, we also promised that we would talk about the new Star Wars show, Resistance. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Star Wars Resistance. Uh, it's on Disney Channel. It's on Disney XD. And we watched the pilot episode on the Disney Now website, um, where they air all of... Uh, all the Disney Channel shows, I think if you have a cable subscription, you can watch them. Or if you pay a, a membership fee, I'm not, I haven't looked into it too deeply. But when I pulled up the show on their webpage, they were showing the pilot episode for free. So we sat here, we turned it on the computer, we listened to through the headphones, and we gave it our complete attention. Ben, what did you think of the pilot episode of the show? It's a, it's a 43-minute episode, a double length, um, and it introduces us to the character of Kazuda... Kazuda Ziono, a young pilot in the New Republic fleet. 
who is on a mission at the beginning of the episode, and he winds up being in a, in trouble. The New Republic fleet, Zach. Wasn't the New Republic completely wiped out? No, this takes place before the Force Awakens. Oh, this takes place between the Force in the in the between Return of the Jedi years yes. between Return and oh, shortly before the Force Awakens. Actually, um, I know that because I watched it with you. I'm just I I, I know <laughs> you were just trying to set it up for everybody. Right, that's true. Um, and he's rescued by Poe Dameron, and he gets whisked off into the Resistance without spoiling too much. Ben, what did you think of the episode? From a non-spoiler perspective. From a non-spoiler perspective, I really actually have high hopes. I thought it was done pretty well. Um, There was some really good voice acting and some meh voice acting. Yeah, I would say so. Um, But I really like some of the races that we're seeing that we haven't seen, especially in such a prominent role. Um, They've teased some things that I think are going to come in uh, later on in a big way. And I think that'll be great. Um... So all in all, I'm hopeful. I think it's it's not bad. And most importantly for me, it answers the question that I had at the beginning or at the end of uh, Force Awakens and at the beginning of The Last Jedi. Okay. Because it's dealing with that time frame and the buildup because he's a spy for the Resistance, finding out information on troop movements and buildups of the First Order. Right. And the first question I had when we started, when I was reading the crawl on the uh, Last Jedi, was, "How in the hell did they? It's been what a week, five days. How the hell did the First Order all but wipe out the New Republic in such a short period of time? And now we're going to learn about the troop movements and the staging that was set up that will answer some of those fan questions. And I think that's great if they want to if they want to give us animated media, which Star Wars animation is amazing." Um, to fill in the gaps that we have as fans. I think that's awesome, and that'll be great. I mean, we'll see how far they get with it. Um, You know, the Clone Wars lasted five years, and then we had the Lost Missions, and we're getting a seventh season as well. Rebels had four years. Uh, This show, given its placement in the timeline, I would have thought that it would have been shorter. But you were right. Maybe it will drag us into the the new The Last Jedi era and beyond. And and it might not drag us that far but at least it will show us what's going on behind the scenes that we didn't get to see in the movies because we're focused on these three or four characters okay you know what i mean we may not get to see exactly what happens during force awakens but we may we'll get to see the troop buildups beforehand the troop movements at least laying the groundwork for what happens um you know ostensibly we'll learn something about star killer base yeah maybe uh, I do agree with you. I enjoyed what I saw. I, I wouldn't necessarily... I, I I wouldn't say that I had low expectations, but I will say it was not something that I was extremely excited about. Uh, you know, when they announced that the series would be about the Resistance, I was like, of course it is, right? You went from one era to another era. Now you're going to the, the last major era of the Star Wars canon to this point. It makes sense but I was hoping for something different. Uh, that being said, they did set it up in a way that I, I wasn't expecting. Um, the story is going in a direction that, that could be really exciting. I like the cast of characters that they, they portrayed, and uh, I, I think it'll be, it'll be really cool. What did you think of the animation style? Because, again, with our third different show, we do have a third different 
animation style. It's a little more. Um, I believe that it's supposed to be a little more uh, anime I, I was uh, inspired. Gonna, I was going to say I did. I had not watched any trailers or teasers up until this point, so this was my very first exposure to Resistance, and I was slightly shocked by the style. Um, but I will say that I think it's good. I think it's a good fit for the characters. Uh, for me, it's somewhat reminiscent of um, some of the reboots of like uh, Thundercats, He-Man, uh, the anime Ruby came to mind right away when I was watching it. Okay. Uh, it, it's that type of cell animation, and I don't think it's bad at all. I think it fits really well with what they're doing, uh, and it allows them to use some color models that they may not have been able to use otherwise. I thought it was going to bother me at first, but seeing it in a full episode and seeing it in action, my only complaint is that the edges of the characters, like the edges of their faces and everything, mm-hmm. kind of get washed out with the contrast of the of the art style. But besides that, no complaints. It it looks really nice. It's very um, it's very polished. Well, Col- colors are are popping and they're vibrant. It's nice. It it may even be better for not watching it on a laptop screen behind a convention table. That's true. We were watching it on my laptop screen, but uh, either way. So I mean, we'll have to watch it when we get home on HD and see if the face edges of the faces wash out there too. And I would. It's interesting because I may have a legal way to watch this series as it airs, but at the same time, we've done, we've given the other series that we've covered, we've given their seasons full episodes, and we've watched the entire season when we've made that, you know, those conclusions that we've come to, um, when we when we use our analysis. So I, I am hesitant to start watching Resistance further until they give us a full release. Now that means probably almost a year worth of waiting but I I think we can do it. What do you think? I think that that's the best way to handle it. Okay. Uh, Especially now I'm just going to slap my microphone for no reason. (laughs) Um, Especially with the caveat that there's a Disney streaming service coming up pretty soon and there's going to be several Star Wars offerings on that including, I hope... Uh, including, I hope, a uh, story about Ahsoka and Sabine. Probably. Right? If you're listening, Probably. Dave, that would make my Christmas. Make that one big Dave approved as well. I'm sure it already is. I'm sure he's got storyboards, ideas. Just a matter of getting it out there, right? Yep. Uh, however they choose to. If you put it on the streaming service, great. If you put it on Disney Channel, great. Wherever you decide to put it. I just don't want a book. I, 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 I'm totally kidding. I am downloading it just so I can make that soundbite uh, <laughs> my new ringtone. <laughs> no, let's not do no, that. No, that is happening. I am getting that statement, and I'm turning it into a ringtone just what, for you. Why? <laughs> because. Okay. Well, I think that that's going to do it this week. I know we've, we've now had two weeks in a row where the episodes have been shorter than usual. Maybe people are sick of listening to us fight anyway, and it's good to have a little bit of a break. I guess. We, we haven't really fought much re- recently. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, not we a, have. Not Wait, on no. mic, anyway. Not on mic. No, we, we have had a lot of arguments off mic at this convention, but that's what happens when we're spending so much time together. Well, thanks for hanging out with me, Ben. I love spending time with you, Zach. I appreciate that. I loathe spending time with you. (laughs) And that's what makes me love it when you have to. We are going to uh, be back on December 11th with another new episode. And this one is a big one. 
we're what? finally going to get together with some of our friends who have uh, a wait, lot wait. more. We have friends? We do have friends. We've had a couple of them on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we are going to uh, have a big episode on Star Wars gaming. Our experiences, our favorite games, and I'm talking about everything. We're going to have to Role-playing games, board games, card games. Okay, good. I was going to say. Video games. uh, You're going to have to get somebody in for the not card game and (laughs) role-playing game part. Maybe we'll make Ben play some Star Wars video games beforehand so he can have some sort of idea (laughs) what we're talking about. Some semblance of an idea. I watch my kids play, like, Force Unleashed. Does that count? A little. Okay. Enough. It'll have to count enough. <laughs> Until then, Ben, may the Force be with you. And also with you, Zach. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>